And welcome back to Survivor Hot Takes. It is me, uh, Coach Drew, a.k.a. a Heather Hipster, because although I never said that I was a Heather fan, uh, I've always enjoyed her. You know, just like the hipsters online have been saying over the last week, how they've been standing Heather from the beginning, even though I've never seen them post about Heather at all. Um, I'm joined today by Emily, who is a huge Survivor fan, especially on Twitter. Um, Emily, what is your Survivor hot take? Oh, I have so many, and I have a lot of very controversial opinions, but I think one of Please give the all... most controversial one. Oh, no, because I didn't plan the most controversial one. Um, okay, honestly, give two, I, feel, I feel like the one that we all can stand behind is that Christian from uh, David vs. Goliath deserved so much better, and I'm so offended that he didn't even make it to the final four. Like, homeboy deserved, like, the whole world. And I'm devastated that he didn't get more, and I hope that he comes back. That's, like, my number one. Oh, he will. <laughs> well, you have to get the controversial take now because you can't. Okay, so my, my controversial take, okay, is honestly, okay, so in All Stars specifically, um, okay, like I understand Lex didn't make the right call by keeping Amber, okay, in season eight. I, I get that, okay? But the thing is, if you also kind of consider your audience, Boston Rob was a little bit too far ahead of his time. And at that point, like, um, I, I don't really think that, I think that, uh, that he was like too advantageous to whack out Lex and he didn't consider his audience as much as he possibly could have, which is honestly what cost him the game. So that's my hot take. Yeah, because in All-Stars, it's been a while since I rewatched All-Stars. It's probably been about a year and a half. And it's the best season. I could just, it's not, but that's a hot take. Uh, I could just oh, rewatch tomorrow. I just remember every time I rewatch it, or anytime I'm showing All-Stars to a person that's been watching the show before, it's like, hey, I know this is just season eight, but trust me when I say this is the most bitter and uncomfortable jury you will ever see in 41 seasons of Survivor now. I just, every time I watch it, I have to, like, make a drink and sit there. It's like, okay, no, oh, no, Alicia's up. Oh, God. All right. Oh, Lex is up. Oh, my goodness. This is Lex was out for Kathy's, blood. Day Kathy's one. crying. It oh, my goodness. Like, that was it, uh, you know? Big Tom's. I mean, at least with Big Tom, you got the don't be stupid, stupid moment. So I, I, I do enjoy Big that. Tom. Oh, I'm so devastated. <laughs> but he and Lex are still apparently like BFFs. Yes, they are. Did you know they are. see each other in Virginia every year. Yeah. Warm your heart. It does. Survivor OGs just falling in love. Um, <laughs> so I, I, and so I, before we move on to what we're actually here to talk about, um, I would say that I would agree with you on that. And maybe down the line we could do a deep dive on just on all stars in general because mm -hmm. once season forty one is over, we're gonna go back to doing Oh yeah, this is why this season doesn't suck as much as people think it is. Yeah. And if you wanna come on for the all stars one, I by have all a means. lot of words. I wait, hold on, pause. Um, do people not like all stars? Am I completely no. I Are actually serious? All stars is in my lower ten. Uh just kidding? because it's it's very it's very uncomfortable to watch, uh, mainly because of the Jenna, the Jenna thing, the oh. Sue and Rich thing, oh, yeah. um, okay. the the final tribal thing, uh, and you can just tell like they. This was the first time that people have come back and they were friends, and yeah. we'll touch on that at a later date. Season forty-one. Just tell Tiffany's me gone. 
How do you feel? Oh my gosh. Okay, I'm hashtag devastated. Um, for a billion reasons. Um, one, like tips my girl. I was rooting for her since day one. I'm a teacher, you know, so us teachers have to stick together. Like so, and you just know, you know, as a teacher, like you have so many different skills. Being able to sniff out whenever people are lying to you, that's a really big thing. Physicality may be a little bit trickier for Tiff, at least at the very beginning, but homegirl pulled through at least at the very end, you know, whenever she was pulling through specifically like with her, uh, with her Yasa tribe, you know? Um, and I really thought that she was going to really come through as a snake in the grass sort of situation. I, I was, I was devastated to see her go, but also because like strategically, like it didn't make sense for her to leave just yet. There's still three different immunity idols in play and you couldn't, really make her at least feel like she was going home to be able to vote out someone else who had an idol and get at least one of those three out of the way. It just didn't make sense to me. Devastating. Okay. And so, and we'll, and we'll rewind before we go back to um, how do you feel about Tiffany? Uh, so watching the episode, it like it was going along like most of these season 41 episodes have been going. They didn't focus too much on advantages except for Xander at the challenge, which I actually liked the way, the way that they did that until Jeff broke the fourth wall. Um, because it, it was for me, it, it was almost like a parallel between him uh, Xander and Michaela from, from Game Changers, mm-hmm. where they didn't put too much time on the fact that Michaela was literally sitting right in front of an advantage. Yeah. Um, yeah. So how did you like the way, though, first of all, did you think that it was advantageous of Xander to do that, putting himself in the situation where he could get an advantage, or do you think that it was very transparent, like, hey, he's doing this because he's trying to get an advantage? Ah, that's such a good question, because I would originally, like, kind of think exactly the latter, you know, being like, well, he's obviously trying to look for an advantage, you know, but Xander doesn't really strike me as that type of player. To me, personally, he's a lot more, like, um, social as opposed to, like, strategic, in my mind. Um, And he even said himself, you know, like, hey... I don't really care, you know, if I'm on the winning tab or on the losing tab specifically for this reward. For me, it's so I can bond with the losers, which I think itself is a very strategic move, you know? You think a lot about how, like, even if we, we even can use this past episode as an example, Shan and Leanne are, like, sobbing at each other over grilled cheese. Like, that's a move, number one, okay? But, like, number two, <laughs> but, like, number two you know, I think it also really attests to like how Xander specifically is trying to find ways to bond with people and it's always bonding people tend to bond a lot more whenever they're complaining about something or someone and that also kind of does a grave for Ricard as well you know what I mean yeah and so obviously as an audience member I'm like oh man it's so transparent what he's trying to do and when you start looking for it I was watching it so the school that I work at has a bar on campus hmm. uh, for the upperclassmen and so I was sitting in there, and most of the kids, I asked them to turn on Survivor. And most of the kids had never watched Survivor before. And uh, they were like, Coach, why do they keep cutting to him looking for something? I'm like, oh, it's a long story, but there's probably an advantage hidden. He'll find it maybe because why would they keep showing it if he didn't? Right. And he doesn't find the advantage. <laughs> he doesn't find the advantage. Um, and I think uh, so do you think that people saw him doing that 
like like the people doing the challenge. Do you think the other competitors saw him doing that, or do you think that he was being sneaky? I think that a lot of the time, a lot of the players are just kind of focusing on the challenges right in front of them instead of the challenges that are around them, you know, with a lot more at stake. I mean, grilled cheese, like to you and me, sounds like a conversational, like, you know, whatever, you know, well, you know, like it's a little snack, whatever. But in reality, grilled cheese to them is not just sustenance, it's the power to be able to get them, like to power through them. Especially if you didn't have a merch feast. A hundred percent. Yeah, because only half of them got some sort of feast, right? So it's, it's much higher stakes than we've ever seen before. So, like, I don't think that they were really focusing on what Xander did or didn't have. And honestly, like, if, if they were, then Erica probably would have been like, oh, like, you know, Xander, thank you so much for offering to take that step back for me. What? But, I'm going to go sit over here. Yeah, she, homegirl was like, like, put me in. Like, I'm ready to go. <laughs> so I don't think to me that was something that, that, that they were really focusing on. Um, even though they were kind of hinting that Xander might have been looking around a little bit. You know what I mean? So I, I, I've asked a lot of people that have come on this season uh, about their opinions on Jeff breaking the fourth wall. How do you feel about Jeff breaking the fourth wall? Obsessed. Obsessed. Okay. I love it because, like, especially, you know, I'm a diehard Survivor fan. I've been watching Survivor since I was, what, like, five or six, you know, my whole life, you know, um, and you feel like you have that personal connection kind of growing up with Jeff Probst, you know, like it, from the start of the season to where it is now. And now you kind of feel like you have a lot more of a personal connection of him breaking that fourth wall. But not only that, you can also really kind of see the thought process behind why they're putting the advantages where they're putting them, you know, and kind of giving you a, a concept or a little bit more of an intel than the other players holistically have about who has what and when, you know? So I love the fourth wall. Give me more of it. Give me all of it, you know? You're not the only <laughs> You're not the only one. <laughs> me too, I, tolerated toast. Six, me too. <laughs> I, so, it depends on the situation. Uh, I think that it was totally goofy when he did it at like the first episode when they are coming to tribal and he's like, hey guys, look, they're about to come in. I can't wait to see what happens. Like, <laughs> screw, screw off, Jeff. Oh, uh, R.I.P. Eric. Never forget. He deserved better. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh, Abraham. <laughs> oh, yeah. Didn't, didn't you always go by Eric? Am I wrong? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it was. Yeah, it was Abraham, and he was my winner pick. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> too soon. <laughs> but, but in this case, like, I didn't hate it as much. Mm. Um. Just because it, it was like a, it was like a, a cute little troll moment uh, mm-hmm. by Jeff, uh, by sixty-year-old Jeff, um, or currently sixty-year-old Jeff. Um, so we get back to camp, and you know uh, what, what happens with a lot of these challenges: the losing tribe ends up eating whatever food they have around. Mm-hmm. How did you feel about Ricard coming back from eating a meal and? You know, still. Gate. Yes. Gate. Twenty twenty one. Hashtag never forget. Oh my gosh. Okay, so here's the thing. Okay, um, Ricard, I, I watched you know his interview again. He was trying to defend himself. I've, I've never been in a season like this where we aren't allowed to be anything. Like, homeboy, like, what are you talking about? You know, like, you have to make sure that you're being respectful and really conscientious of other people's emotions and feelings. Oh, thank you, thank you, Kim Weaver. Um, but this, yeah, a hundred percent. Like that. That's exactly kind of where 
we're at. Like you, you, you want to make sure you're conscientious of all other people's feelings and emotions. And like, you don't think that people who haven't eaten since day one aren't going to like raise hell after you try to eat some of the foods they work really hard to get. You know what I mean? Um, so I think that at this specific point, Xander wasn't wrong, you know, I don't, or not, not Xander. Yeah. Ricard, Ricard wasn't right. And, and Sham wasn't wrong, but in reality, Sham kind of gets put, like, kind of shoved under the bus, like, looking like a terrible person by the end of this episode. When in reality, yeah, we'll talk. That's we'll touch on that. One. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I mean, I, I would agree with you on that one, and I guess we could touch on it now. There's yeah. been this weird, and I thought it was just like a, one or two people. Yeah. There's like a very big part of Survivor, the, the cesspool, as I refer to it of Survivor Reddit, Twitter, Facebook, that are not fans of Shan, but not not fans of Shan as in, oh, I just don't like Shan. Like, they straight up hate Shan to the point where, I think Shan posted after the last episode, she, she said something along the lines of, uh, I get it, you hate me, or some, something like yeah, that. Yeah, I saw that too, um, yeah. And it's crazy because she hasn't done anything, and I'm assuming that these people probably also support Russell Hands. Um... <laughs> If if you can read between the lines, um, I like Shan's just a fun villain. Uh, and, I mean, villain is a strong word, but like Shan's fun to watch. She's not doing anything overly malicious, and a lot of these people are commenting. They're they're, they're saying, oh, "Well, she's supposed to be a pastor," and this, that, and the other. I'm like, yeah, you guys also don't like the sepia because she was lying and all this stuff, even though she was preaching about God and all that. It's like, she said during her final tribal, you know, that's between me and God. That has nothing to do with any of you people. And I feel like Shan's on the same, on that same type of wavelength where it's like, yeah, I'm here to play a game. Mm -hmm. When you play Monopoly or when you play bullshit, the card game, and you, that game is built on lying. <laughs> bullshit is built on lying. And, you know, no one's going to sit there and uh, be like, oh, you can't lie because you're, you're, you're a Christian or whatever. So people online complaining about Shan and saying that she's this, that, and the other, it's like, but you are the same people that support Boston Rob, support all these people. And, uh, you know, it's where, <laughs> where is the line? Uh, I think I know where the line is, but where's the line with, with this? And it's not like, there. there is no, up to this point, there is no true villain of the season so far. Uh, I would say that Shan is de facto villain of the season because she has her shantum, her, 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 uh, her music. Um, but even then, I don't think that she's as, I won't say cutthroat, because she's pretty cutthroat, but as um can't think of a word. She's not in the boss Rob Russell Hands category as far as villain. She's just a Yeah. Well, shit. Cochrane was uh, a semi villain and Caramoan. The love of my life. I would die for him. I love that man. <laughs> <laughs> I would die for him. Uh, <laughs> um, Cochran was a a uh happy-go-lucky villain in Caramoan. It's not like Cochran was out here, um, you know, playing the nice guy the role. Yeah, yes, exactly. Kim Spradlin, Kim Spradlin's another one where it's like, she 
She was definitely cutthroat. She was definitely, um, you know, not malicious. She was very manipulative. Mm-hmm. But, and she was probably, it's probably between her and Troyzan and Colton, but we don't count. Um, between her and Troyzan is like villain of the season. Yeah. Uh, but even then, Kim's not one of those villains where it's like, oh man. Uh, yeah, is, like, yeah. you, you, you're happy that Kim won. And I feel that way about Shan, but then I go online, it's like, everyone hates Shan. It, it's a weird, weird balance, you know, because I feel similar to you. Like, I think that Shan has a really great chance of being, like, of following that concept of a winner's edit, okay? She's, from the very start, has a, had a ton of confessionals. She's really established herself as a strategist. She's had very, very calm and collective gameplay. And I think at this point, we can really either see her go a fork in the road, one of two ways. Either it's going to be her downfall, which is kind of what it's hinting at for the next next episode or it could be something where she learns how to adapt and how to react you know um and i think that like her her perception honestly for the most part like everything she said to me perfect like personally was fine but i i'm so lucky that i have so many wonderful friends who also i make them watch fun with me and now they just are obsessed um guys are watching hey guys um but also like they were telling me like honestly nothing that they nothing that she said specifically bothered them until she said at this point like um like oh like i'm gonna do i'm gonna listen to deshaun the same way that i listen like i'm a pastor at my church i'm gonna make them think that they're being her but in reality we're gonna do what I think is right, you know, which I don't know if that like kind of reflects like a villain persona situation or if it's something that's just like, this is my strategy to get myself to the next episode. I'm not sure. I, I stand Chan. I hope she wins. You know, I think this yeah. is one of my favorites, but like, her the the day, for me. yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and it's you talking there. It, it almost, it, it's like, uh, it's almost like if Sandra had gone farther in Game Changers. <laughs> because, a subject for me too, Andy. Yeah, it, it's all because Sandra, like, I love Sandra. Her, but, you know, Sandra was almost like playing a. In Game Changers, it was almost like, hey, I've won twice. Let's see how I would do playing overly strategically. Yeah. And I think that if she hadn't gotten swap screwed that, that second swap, and game changers, she would have definitely made the merge. Yeah. And then once the merge happens, what happens? Sandra sits on her bench for the, or, or loses and challenges the rest of the season and then gets to the end and it's like, oh man, how did Sandra get here? I think that Shan, as long as if Shan makes it through this next episode, mm-hmm. which we know is a double boot episode now, um, if Shan makes it through this one, I think I might sit there and say, you know what, Shan's Absolutely, one hundred percent, not without a doubt, in my mind winning the season. Yeah, um, but she has to make it through this one because they she has started to get portrayed as oh she's spiraling, and you know when people start to spiral, you know bad things tend to happen. Yeah, bad things didn't happen to Adam when he started spiraling. You know, millennials versus Gen X, but. It did whenever it happened in Winners at War, you know? Um, and that's that's kind of the thing. Like, I think that the one thing that – the biggest thing that Shan and Sandra 
have that are in common, specifically like here, you know, um, where, where Shan currently is and where Sandra was, you know, with um, with Game Changers, is, is that cockiness, you know, which cockiness is not a bad thing specifically, but it's that concept of feeling safe whenever in reality you're in a game where you are never safe and there's always the unpredictable, always the unprecedented, especially in season 41. So I think that like Shan's doing so great at being able to support all of these different people, you know, make them feel like she's the right person to go to. But in reality, that could also be like her kiss of death. We won't know until the next episode. Yeah. And I, I mean, honestly, I mean, we're recording this the night before the next episode. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, of course. It's fucking live. Um, but, <laughs> but, um, I. I'm fearful for her, but I think that, you know, depending on, because I don't know exactly how, what's going to happen to make it a double tribal, yeah. Um, yeah. but I'm hoping that she ends up in a situation where she's with allies, and she is aligned with quite a few people that I do think that if she ends up going, she won't be in any danger, unless someone susses out the fact that, like, well, Shan has a lot of friends. Yeah, especially yeah. Ricard. Like she has Ricard, and she has um, all the black folk. Basically, yeah, and she also uh, has Nazir. Like Nazir even and- said himself, he's <laughs> like, the people that I trust the most are Shannon and Ricard. I'm like, are you serious? Because like they're putting your like death right now, Wait a minute, now, homie. Like, <laughs> how do we get here, Nazir? He's <laughs> um, too wholesome for the game. Like, I, I know. I so Nasir is what I strive to be. Um, <laughs> Like if if I, if I was like that's how I in online games I try to portray myself as Nasir's. It's like oh man I'm so wholesome please love me and then you know I'm talking to people like oh yeah like let's 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 do all this um yeah. I think that's why I love Nasir so much and I would die for him I love that man I think most people would agree with you on that <laughs> most would agree with you whenever he panicked and he was like Jeff I'm as confused as a goat on <laughs> I'm sitting there with my box of wine, like. <gasps> I, so I said this last week. That moment is probably going to go down. Not not as like a top five or ten moment, but like one of the defining moments in probably Survivor history. Yeah. Is is that moment where he did this? Because and that and that, that's to this season's credit with the the way they've edited it, edited it. Um. They they've done really well at like, oh yeah yeah this is what's happening what's happening oh but you missed this that we forgot to show you that happened yesterday so let's take it back yeah and we'll show you yeah. this and I, I, love, I really I enjoyed that ad- yeah yeah the me too and how the editing itself has really progressed especially in season forty one like I'm kind of glad that we had a little bit of a break for them to be like how can you push this to the next level? You know what I mean? Like the flashbacks itself have left like my jaw on the floor multiple times. You yes. know? And I hope that we can see some more of that. Yes. And I, and I think now that we're officially merged. Yeah. That they're, they're, so they're going to, they're about to run into a few things, some positive, some negative. And mm-hmm. I want to get your opinion on that. Um, the positives are, yeah, the gameplay is about to get ramped up to 11. And I think we have a lot of game, great game players left in the game that it's going to be good. Mm-hmm. I think the negative side to this is 
they're going to start introducing a lot more advantages. And we're going to end up in a advantage getting type situation at 100%. some point. And the other negative to that is season 42 is probably going to have a lot more. Yeah. And I feel like season 41, I feel like it's going to, uh, in the long, in the long term, is going to get looked at as positive. But I think that when 42 comes out, people are going to be tired of all the things that occurred in 41, and they're going to want less advantages. Yeah. And when we eventually and inevitably get more advantages in 42. Yeah. yeah. Here's my hot take. Um, okay. This, I, I agree with you. I think that the, it's twofold for me. Um, I think that I'm concerned that it's going to be a survivor second chance situation, you know, where like Kate got taken out. Or was, was it, was game it changers. fan favorites? Yeah. Game, game changers. Game changers. Thank you very much. So it was game changers, you know, and like Kate like in like at the final six, I honestly think that she probably would have had a chance to win, you know, but because of they made it rain advantages throughout the entire season, she was thrown in the it through a loophole where she really couldn't get out of, you know what I mean? Um, so that's kind of what I'm specifically thinking with, with, with that situation with advantages. I think that once we get to the final six, it's just, they're just going to make it rain, you know, being like slap, like double reverse, you know, like, you know, it's like just crazy stuff, you know, like, yeah. and then I also, but I also think that, some of these advantages, I, this is kind of a controversial opinion, you know, but like, I don't think that it's a bad thing either. Like, um, whatever we saw in the last episode with Erica, okay, like, she had like the flip the hourglass advantage or whatever they called it. Um, like, a lot of people are like, well, that's totally lame. Like, I totally disagree with that. And I understand that perspective because it is like, you know, if, if you win, you deserve to win, a, you know, whatever, like the, the reward or the immunity or whatever, you know. But in this specific case, I don't think that it was bad because they did like a, a – they had to pick between – they usually are pick between like Nazir and Erica. And they knew that whoever they didn't choose was going to cost them some sort of specific, you know, some sort of specific um, opportunity in the game. They gave Erica the opportunity to decide what she wouldn't wouldn't do. Would Nazir have done the exact same thing? Probably not. He probably would have thought about the other people. I I think you know, um, yeah. he's a very loyal person that way. So and it, it yeah. seems like it, yeah. Mm -hmm. So and, and I'll, I'll say this. So I went on, on uh, for everyone that watches Reality Pop, I went on Chris's show when he was uh, going episode by episode with Survivor South Africa. Mm -hmm. And Survivor South Africa had a lot of advantages this season. Mm -hmm. But the way that they the way that they did the season, the advantages still weren't like the main focus of the episodes. They were just, they played their part and then, you know, we still got the, the player's reaction, and the, it was still more player-focused. Mm -hmm. And I think that the problem with this season is they'll introduce an advantage, and then it's all about the advantage. Like, it, it's not it's not how the... It's not player-focused still. It's still like, oh, man, like, um, so this advantage does this. Oh, okay, cool. Now I'm going to tell this these other three people about the same advantage, and we're going to dedicate a 43-minute runtime yep. to me sitting here telling four different people about this advantage, when in reality, one time would suffice, and yeah. then let's go on with everything else. Let's yeah. learn about me, or learn about you, or, you know. 
and like that that is the hard thing because it's like I do think there's so much happening this season which I love like I feel like the entire hour I'm on the edge of my seat be like you know just tweeting like, to like no one like, to, like my three friends I'm like can y'all believe what happened you I know? Follow you, so. but, oh, thank you you're one of the three um and you know so I'm like I'm tweeting all this stuff you know but like in reality like I also think that like I don't know a lot about a few of these players like you know justice for Heather like I like honestly like I don't know anything about her I don't know like if she's being dragged along to embody this goat persona Erica, I would love to know more about her. She's just coming into play, and I still feel like I barely know anything about her. You know what I so mean? So I know, but she's Canadian and uh... she's a communications <laughs> manager or something. I know that, and I follow her on TikTok. <laughs> that's all I know. <laughs> and so that—that's the last thing that I want. I do want to get to. Yeah. Before we wrap up, Erica and and Heather's. I hate talking about the edit because. But Heather and Erica's edit, especially, and you know, if we wanted to specifically touch on Eric oh, on Heather's for this one, uh, yeah. because she was more crucial to this episode. Um, do you think that because we got a little bit more Heather towards the end of this episode, that we're going to start getting more Heather throughout, or do you think this was just a one-hit wonder and she's going to go back to just being purple Heather? Yeah, Andrew, that's a wonderful question. And that's something that I've talked about with all of my lovely friends because um, we've been processing this for a long time. Even whenever I talk about Heather in a variety of, of situations, I'm always like, like, oh, I forgot that Heather was there whenever they were discussing this very important critical vote, you know? Um, I think with Heather, it might be an artistic choice, kind of the same way where they're breaking the fourth wall, you know, for us to kind of understand a little bit more about the thought process of all of the different players, you know? With Heather specifically, I think that it could be an artistic choice to show that she is like an underground, like snake in the grass sort of situation where we didn't see her coming. We barely anticipate her because we don't know she was there. Very similar to all of the other players who are able to bring her all the way to the end where she might be able to take it in some way or another where we see that she's going to be making big moves later. I yeah. don't think that this is, this is the last that we're going to see of Heather. I think we're going to see her at least to the final six. That's my hot take. Someone that's watching this episode, make sure to like splice this so when Heather goes home tomorrow. Like, oh man. <laughs> I mean, if she goes, like, that's also fine. Like, well, and, it's so funny because when the when Reality Pop did our kickoff two hour episode, yeah. um, I sat there and said, oh, Abraham's going to win. And then I actually said, hey, make sure to splice this so that when Abraham gets voted out first, everyone can come laugh at me. And you know what happened? <laughs> I'm sitting in a bar in New York City. And Abraham gets voted out first, and I'm sitting there like a schmuck in front of all these Survivor players, and it was so embarrassing. Well, that's, um, that's kind of how I felt about Xander too, to be honest. Like I like he he gives me such an impression of such strong athleticism, but like I didn't really feel like that strategic play until very recently, you know, whenever he started playing like the fake idol and that sort of thing. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like we're not worthy, you know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> we do have a question. I do want to answer that one. Yeah. Because I think that it, I think that it is intriguing. Uh, do you all think that uh, Ricard and Shane will turn on each other? Yeah. I I would say that I do. I don't think that they're final two. I don't think that they're final two. I do think that at some point 
if I were to guess, I think Ricard would smarten up to the fact that Shan is, you know, okay, really good. Yeah. Um, but I don't think that it'll happen in this episode. Once again, splice this so that when it does, <laughs> uh, I don't think it'll happen in this episode because I do think it's still too early in the merge for them to turn on each other. But I, even if it happens next next episode. I wouldn't be surprised, but I I would be surprised if it happened here. I don't know if I agree with you. I I, I get what you're saying, and I 100%, I see both ways. You know, I think that, like, they still are kind of dependent on each other, but Shan's really solidified herself in that, like, that top four alliance with, like, Deshaun, Danny, Leanna, and her, you know? And she's all, they've already foreshadowed so much between, like, her relationship with her and Ricard starting to crumble between her being able to get her advantage back, you know, and now Papaya Gate 2K21, you know, um, there's so many things where you can start to see them begin to crumble. So I don't know if it's going to be Ricard that starts uh, proposing, you know, taking Shan out. But I do think that the, the discussion of removing Shan is going to be very, very soon um, and not not um, not without a wait, you know? Yeah. I, I'm so torn on this season. Like, last week, for anyone that watched last week, you know, I, I know that the four of us that, that did the episode last week, we were pretty negative when it came to the season, mainly because of the advantages. Yeah. I, I really want to love the season, mainly because of the cast. And I'm pretty sure I said this last week. I feel like this season is what Island of the Idols would have been, you know. Uh, <laughs> you know, if, if certain things hadn't happened, uh, I feel like this is what Island of, Island of the Idols would have been because Island of the Idols has a great cast. Yeah, it's also pretty advantage heavy, mm-hmm. and I feel like if certain things hadn't happened, Island of the Idols would have been like a mid tier season for me. Mm-hmm. Because of the cast. I think the cast will have carried everything. And I feel Absolutely. like the cast is carrying this season. Mm-hmm. But it just keeps getting bogged down. And it, this episode, not so much. But it just keeps getting bogged down with all these advantages. So I'm hoping that as the season... I'm hoping that as the season progresses, the advantages go away. But yeah, the realist in me you know, realizes that it'll probably go the other way. And that we'll just get more advantages. But as we as we wrap up, one thing. Oh, first thing, who is your winner pick? Oh my god. Um, well, it was Tiff. R.I.P. Um, I have a variety. Um, in my fantasy survivor league, which y'all should totally do if you guys don't do this now. It's like it's like fantasysurvivorgame.com or something. We'll we'll put it somewhere in the comments. But um, it's phenomenal, and I have a whole bunch of friends doing that. I think that I have Deshaun right now as my like projected pick. I think that he's a really good blend, you know, of of being a, a figure of leadership, but also being able to fly under the radar enough where you can kind of blend both socially and aesthetically. Okay. And if there was one person on the season that you think there's no chance in hell this person wins, who would it be? Erica. I, I don't think that she's going to win. Um, but no she's from Canada. Uh, That's all we know about. Yeah, she's doing. She, she's just like she has such nice hair. Like she's wonderful. Um, <laughs> that's, that's pretty much the nice thing I can say. I I just like I wish that I could see more of her personally as a strategist. I feel like I haven't seen that this season. I also like 
hope Heather doesn't win, you know, just, and this is nothing specifically against Heather. It's just, I haven't watched her evolution from the beginning to the very end. So I don't feel like I can really emotionally connect with her as a viewer. Okay. Um, I think this week, because I keep flip-flopping every week, uh, I think I'm sticking, like I said, I think if Shan survives this episode, she's going to win. Yeah. But for right now, I'll sit here and say to Sean. Yeah. Because I like his story. Uh, and yes, despite the fact he wanted to throw that one challenge, get Nasir out, which that historically um, you should never do that. Yeah, don't 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 do this. Don't become uh, whichever Christie brother it was in San Juan. I think it was Drew. It was um, also Redemption Island. That that's they they tried to do that. Yeah, with Russell, <laughs> hands, Russell and then it, completely and then it just yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but uh, in the end, uh, I want to touch on I want to touch on Tiffany one more time before we go. Tiffany, think she'll come back? I don't know, because that's actually been a very controversial conversation on the internet that I wasn't aware of until very recently. I know, I mean, 100% she'll be back for jury, you know, but... Oh, no, 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 yeah, yeah, I'm in, like, like, another season. In another season, okay. Yeah. There were some people who were speculating that maybe there would be an opportunity for her to come back, like this season i don't know if that's true um i don't think so i don't think we have enough time specifically with this days. season is very advantage heavy but i don't think they're gonna i don't think they're gonna bring them back yeah i hope to god that she comes back tiffany if you ever watch this know that i'm your number one fan and i'm obsessed with you um but i i hope make sure to tweet this to her i would i would die for her like she knows <laughs> like she already, like we're, we're in love um but i think i hope that she comes back in another season for like a fan favorite sort of thing because i know that she was very very positive Perceived by the entire audience by the end of her journey. Yeah, I really like it. So I hope so. I uh, I mean, my favorite Tiffany moment is, it's not even a vocal thing, is when she made that face after Xander was lying. <laughs> that went viral. <laughs> I was just loving it. It was so funny. Um, but uh, to wrap it up, um, I am very excited for next week's episode, obviously. Oh, or tomorrow, tomorrow's episode, obviously. Yeah. Um, I think that if it is a double boot, uh, I'm not going to make any predictions because I don't even know how they're going to do it, but I'll, I'll stick to this. If Shan survives this episode, she's going to win the season, unless like something crazy happens, mm -hmm. um, which is entirely possible. There's a lot of good game players here. I yeah, think Shan's going to yeah. win. Um, but Emily, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Um, thank you to everyone that tuned in live. Uh, thank you for everyone that is watching now, whenever now is for you. And, uh, we will see y'all on the other side.